the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K show. It is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I'm in a great mood tonight, even though I got to get up super early in the morning to watch Zelensky, who is going to be speaking before Congress in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to get up early. I got to watch this show. Uh, normally, we'd be streaming live on the Answer San Diego, and I'm going to I'm going to try to make that happen. I was having a little technical difficulties. So if you're normally listening or, or and watching to us there, have heart, my friends. We are going to try to get that going here in a few minutes. Have no fear. Facebook Live will soon be here. Well, we'll see about that. Facebook's doing everything they can to keep me from uh, from going live on there. First time, y'all going to want to stay tuned, though, however you're listening tonight, because we've got first-time guest on the Andrea K. Show tonight. Matt Brainerd is going to be here. You might remember that name in the uh, months after... The November election, he was one of the people that was doing a lot of data collecting having to do with the election fraud. And he's actually started an organization that is called uh, Look Ahead America. And he's going to be here at the bottom half of the hour to talk about election integrity and give us some news going on there. They don't want you talking about that, right? Yeah, I'm going to get up at the crack of dawn and watch Zelensky in the morning. But, you know, there's other things happening here in this country. They're doing everything they can to get as much distance between us and the election, continue to put out the big lie that there was no election fraud that took place in November. But let me tell you, all as we go into, we've got primaries happening right now. We've got the midterms coming up in the fall. Nothing matters if our elections don't matter. So we're going to continue to uh, put that story out there for you guys. We've got other stuff to talk about. Miss Manners, uh, Marsha Blackburn was busted putting out the manners guide to how to treat Joe Biden's SCOTUS nominee. We got to talk about that. We've got uh, to also get into um, a rise. You know, I try to not connect dots um, where they're not there. I I try to keep things factual. Um, But sometimes you have to use good old-fashioned common sense. And suddenly when we're seeing people dropping dead, just we've we've got an epidemic of people falling over, dropping dead from heart attacks and strokes, particularly young people. Houston, we might have a problem with these shots. So we've got those uh, topics and more to talk about. We would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. My question for you guys tonight is, we already know that tomorrow morning, President Zelensky is going to be speaking in front of Congress at 6 a.m. Uh, 6 a.m. San Diego time, 9 a.m. East Coast time. And we know that he's going to be asking for military intervention from the United States. Is the, Where do you stand on this? Are you pro-military intervention? I mean, we're already involved. Sanctions, whether people acknowledge it or not, sanctions are actually military involvement. If you're not going to be involved in a conflict that's going on or a war, then you go Switzerland and you don't do anything. We have done something. We are actively involved in this war through the, through the form of sanctions. Do you think that we should go to the next step? 
Do you think that we should, the next step should be a no-fly zone, or do you think we should go full military engagement? Because we did make an agreement that if they gave up their nukes, that we would defend them if they were threatened. 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, normally this is where I would bring in my brother DJ Potato Skins. He's got the night off. But I got my buddy DJ Jalapeno in the house. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letting all the people know that he is back to run the show. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You always play the best tunes, um, by the way, for me. Okay, so um, for some reason, this story went really viral, right? It was this... Um, there was a clip from the Russia, Russian state television, which I'm not sure if that's RTTV or not. We actually had RTTV operating here out of Washington, D.C. Uh, Scotty Nell Hughes from Tea Party had a show on there. I was on News Views and Hughes many times. Love Scotty Nell. Um, I had people coming at me going, you know, you, what are you doing on RTTV? Um, I loved going on when Ed Schultz, before he passed away, um, that was the best debate show I ever did. So I'm not sure if this clip that went viral is RTTV, but it's state-run Russian television. And this news anchor is talking in Russian, and behind her comes an anti-war advocate. I don't know if it's somebody from the newsroom. I don't know who this person was, but she's walking behind the news anchor with a stop the war sign. So this went viral. Um, She was since arrested, and I think one of the reasons why it went viral is I think people were just really concerned for this woman, like what was going to happen to her. There's other videos coming out today to where a news um, outlet in Moscow, I believe it was, was uh, trying to interview people on the street, and they couldn't even get one word out before the police were hauling them off and, and, and taking them away. So, I mean, clearly free speech is under attack in Russia, Um, Not unlike here, right? I mean, we have the Democrats doing everything that they can to the tune of locking up Americans and throwing them in jail without parole. I mean, not parole, but uh, without bail because of their political views. Yet, you know, the, the same people that think it's okay here in America were putting this video out there about this this gal and how, you know, she's, you know. Um, you know, what's going to happen to her? Russia is so anti-free speech. Well, she ended up being uh, uh, convicted of something called, let me make sure I get it right. <laughs> this is why I had, to, I had to open with this story. She was an anti-war protester and she was convicted of an unauthorized uh, a, a public event. She staged an unauthorized public event. And I thought, isn't that what's going on here? You know, the Democrats are spending all day, every day, continuing to, to convince you that Trump is still the, the the Russian asset. Trump is the one who colluded with Russia. Um, you know, the Democrats all day long trying to convince you that they're that they're the ones that are tough on Russia. And you better be as tough on Russia as they are. If you're Tucker Carlson and you ask any questions, you should be investigated by the Department of Justice. Who are these people kidding? They love what's going on in Russia. Where do you think they got the idea of cancel culture from Russia? What do you think they're trying to call what happened on January 6th? Take the, the, the majority of people that were arrested, and like the young man 
who recently killed himself, was looking at 20 years. Dude never stepped away outside the velvet ropes and did nothing but take pictures after he was invited in by the police, the Capitol Police, and left facing 20 years because of his unauthorized public event at a building paid for by the taxpayers. We've gotten right now an article has come out that the Department of Homeland Security has a policy now where they are scanning their employees' social media sites for, quote, conspiracy theories and extremism. What's the difference between that and what's going on over there in Russia with, with their unauthorized public event? What the article talks about here is that this is from a, the DHS report a march 2021 unclassified threat assessment prepared by the office of the director of national intelligence doj dhs noted that domestic violence extreme violent extremists quote who are motivated by a range of ideologies and galvanized by recent political and societal events in the united states pose an elevate an elevated threat to the homeland um this will almost certainly spur some domestic violence violent extremists to try to engage in violence this year Um, studies and pilots have suggested that certain online activity may represent behavior of potential concern to national security and could be useful in assessing an individual's trustworthiness, judgment, or reliability. Are you either on, you employees, are you either on the side of Herr Biden, dictator, dictator Mussolini, dictator Biden? I mean, you know... They're, they're transferable, right? Interchangeable. This is what we're talking about here. And they're doing social media, and it goes on to say, um, publicly available electronic information, including social media checks, have proven to be of limited value as standalone sources of information. However, when coupled with and corroborated by other data and investigative follow-up, the use of PAEI can be a powerful tool in preventing and detecting domestic violent extremism-related threats. This is the U.S. government. What's the difference between the U.S. government, the Biden administration right now, scouring the social media uh, sites of employees to try to identify anybody that does not toe their political line and then identifying them as a domestic terrorist? Don't tell me that it's Trump who is, is, uh, uh, you know, um, Putin's buddy. The Democrats are trying to, they, it was Bernie Sanders, wasn't it? who did his honeymoon over, not just in Russia today, but it, during the height of the USSR. Meanwhile, they know that they can count on the Democrat voters being too ignorant, stupid, and moronic to connect the dots to see who's actually in bed with Putin, who's, fa- who's, who's fans of Putin, who loves what Putin put down when he was at the KGB as a part of the USSR. They know that their voter base is too stupid. That's why they hired all these TikTok users, all these conservatives today. Oh, they hired TikTok users who do nothing but shake their butts to, you know, explain why gas prices, you know, are so high. Well, of course they did. That was smart on their part. That's our demographic. This is a White House whose vice president, we all know how she made her way up the ladder. The, she's, she's the perfect example of why diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring practices need to be banned Because it's not only unproductive, it's quite frankly dangerous that that woman is vice president and next in line to be president of the United States. 
the TikTok influencers, they're, they, she, she's, she's just like a TikTok. In, well, I mean, what's the difference? Some of these TikTok influencers are smarter than she is. Their resumes are actually really similar, aren't they? We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We got more to talk about. We're going to talk about the rise of strokes among young people. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. Y'all hate uh, these time changes every year. Well, it looks like the Senate actually did something good today. They actually voted to make permanent daylight savings time. Now, in case y'all are confused, we are now in daylight savings time. That's where during the spring you move the clocks forward. You get more sunshine in the evening. The Senate and people are saying that... Um, that it would be more productive in terms of for businesses. They'll be like they actually used golf, believe it or not, as a business example that can stay open later and, and get more business and the kids get more exercise. And, of course, the climate change. And you know what? Here's where I'm okay with the Democrats and their climate change. They're saying this would make it better in terms of for solar energy. So, hey, I'm I'm on board with uh, the keeping it daylight savings time. I never liked the idea of trying to... You know, it was all about, in case you guys didn't know, it was all about really trying to um, kind of manipulate our lives a little bit. You know, in the winter, we want to make it lighter earlier in the day as kids are going to school. And it was all about trying to match how society moved. But, you know, you know, we're not all on uh, the same schedule anymore in our lives. And I just feel like it's time to keep a daylight savings time. Halapinia, do you have an opinion on that? The daylight savings? Yeah, me too. That's one thing we can agree to. You know what else Democrats and Republicans agreed to in the Senate today? I'm not sure where it's going to go from here. But 57 to 40, the Senate voted to approve the resolution to overturn travel mask mandates. It is not only past time, it is way overdue for this. It's absolutely insane what is going on here. But none of this was ever about anything rational. None of this was ever about... Um, data. It was never about science. It was never about anything but exploitation for power and control. It absolutely makes no sense that you can sit, in a, you know, um, inside your home or you could stand in line shoulder to shoulder at a grocery store or sit next to somebody in a church now without a mask, but you got to have a mask on uh, to, to sit on an airplane where the air is the, the freshest of any place that you'll be. Or that, you know, they've got you six feet apart wearing masks in the airport lobby, but when you get on a plane, you're sitting there, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Or, um, you know, it was, it was as stupid as back when it was you had to wear your mask to walk into a restaurant, but once you sat down in the restaurant you could take your mask off but if you got up to go to the bathroom you had to put your mask on none of this has ever been about anything related to common sense or public health right what's interesting though about this story is that the democrats who voted yes to overturn the the uh travel mandate includes of course mansion and kirsten cinema guess which republican voted no any guesses bueller bueller your favorite rhino Mitt romney <laughs> um, always looking for an opportunity to prove what a worthless jack wagon he is and um, why he lost when in uh, 2012 and why we were, were no better and why he was an establishment handpicked loser from the get-go. Uh, he was the architect of Obamacare and now he's the architect of just being a straight-up crap weasel loser. Speaking of which... 
And speaking of why we lose, if not intentionally losing, if not the Republican establishment actually uh, intending to lose, Miss Manners, Marsha Blackburn, had a messaging guide involving how to treat Joe Biden's SCOTUS nominee that was handed out to some women's group in D.C., the Independent Women's Law Center. I'm not sure if they're associated with the Independent Women's Forum, which has some real squishy women involved in it, um, like um, Tammy. I don't remember her last name. Tammy, I'll figure it out during the break. She fills in on, sometimes on Fox. I used to like her, but I don't like her anymore. She's she's actually the head of the Independent Women's Forum, and uh, she's a former lib, and she's very establishment, very, actually, she's left of center, um, but calls herself a Republican. Um, so anyway, so Marsha Blackburn has come up with her Miss Manners Guide, distributed to attendees of a, quote, conservative women's strategy session in which she basically instructs them on how to be nice to, in terms of messaging, and to avoid any, quote, personal attacks against the SCOTUS nominee, which is um, uh, Ms. Jackson. This is um, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. She goes on to say, I mean, it makes sense in some ways that, you know, you, you, um, you know, she says Judge Jack, Judge Jackson deserves a thorough, fair and transparent confirmation process. Um, it must be conducted in a manner devoid of needless attacks against her and focused on her past performance. On the face of it, this sounds good, right? Like we need, we need, we need to not get into any areas like went on with Brett Kavanaugh. But when of the Republican Party, the Republican Party does not have to be warned to not bring women in or men in to make false, heinous criminal charges against a nominee for things like gang rape. Okay, Miss Manners, Marsha Blackburn. And in regards to using Amy Coney Barrett as an example of how not to treat a SCOTUS nominee. You're off the mark because how Amy Coney Barrett, there was very few people that went into some fringe, ridiculous thing that she had adopted a black child to score some kind of favor. By and large, the reason why Amy Coney Barrett appeared to be a good nominee, although she's been quite the disappointment that I predicted, uh, the reason why she was actually in some ways a great nominee was because there really wasn't any way anybody could personally attack her. They couldn't level any false criminal charges against her. And the questioning that they put her through was actually really good. And she was able to defend herself against it, and she actually did it brilliantly. And there was absolutely nothing wrong, in my opinion, in the way the Democrats on the nominating committee the judiciary, there was nothing wrong, in, in my opinion, in the way they grilled her. In fact, it should be the playbook for how hard we hit these Democrat nominees. And this squishy, mismanners crap is why we're dead in the culture war. It's why we've got USA Today nominating as one of USA Today's Women of the Year a man, Dr. Rachel uh, uh, Richard Levine who I don't know what operation this man has had done, but now is the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services who got the gig only because he now calls himself Rachel. A man who is still a man, no matter what name he calls himself, no matter what surgical procedure he's had done. And this is the same man 
who, when the CDC and Fauci was telling states that sick with COVID seniors need to be uh, taken from the hospitals and put back into nursing homes, took his mother out of a nursing home. This person is uh, is being nominated for what? I mean, what, what? why is this person deserving to be woman of the year? Besides the fact that he's not a woman, he's a man. I mean, what, what what's the accomplishment? That he saved his, that that he saved his mother from the, the same deaths of the other seniors in, in the nursing home. Is that what he gets? Some of the other nominees here in USA Today. Let's see the the company that he's in. Maybe this will give us some answers. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, oh, let's see. He's nominated. Some other nominees are Melinda French Gates. These are women. These are women that are supposedly been champions of courage and cha- What was the courage from Melinda Gates that she filed for divorce? Woman's going to get how many hundreds of millions of dollars? Where's the courage? Particularly given who she was married to. My question is, why'd you wait so long? Are you kidding me? How many trips to, to Epstein Island did your husband need to do with young girls before you finally decided to take your hundreds of millions of dollars and hit the road? Huh, not exactly my idea of a woman of the year. Let's talk about Simone Biles. I think she is the most amazing athlete that women's gymnastics have ever had. But I think that she um, quit at the wrong time. She quit after she took a spot away from another girl when she now admits that she knew she had cracked mentally and wasn't up to the challenge before she accepted the, the spot to go and compete in the Olympics. Had she quit beforehand instead of taking a spot from somebody else, I might, I might like this nomination. So now we're considering quitters as being women of the year. Let's see who else. Oh, <laughs> Also on the list is Vice President Kamala Harris, who just humiliated herself in the world on the public stage. We are here in this country with a man being nominated as woman of the year because the Republican Party putting out crap like Miss Manners, Marsha Blackburn's messaging. This country is on the precipice. Our economy is being destroyed under the guise of of transforming us from a republic of that's a free market system into one that's communist right now. Lives are being destroyed. We have political prisoners. We have elections being stolen. We have five-year-olds being put on puberty blockers and having their lives destroyed. And she wants to play nice. Wow. We need to make sure as we're looking at the primaries, this is why I talked last night about Dr. Oz. We're in primary season. We've got midterms coming up. I'm all about ensuring that we get Republicans in office, but I'm ensuring that we get Republicans that are actually conservative in office. Those that understand the threat that we face, and not only that, those prepared to do something about it. And playing nice with Joe Biden and his nominees is not the way to do it. We're going to take a break. We come back. Matt Brainerd will be here to talk about election integrity and what we need to do as we look ahead to these midterms and the presidential election coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. 888-344-1170. Yeah, that's a great bumper song there, DJ Jalapeno. Got me in a good mood, especially since, yeah, I'm about to give you guys maybe a little bit of good news involving election integrity. Joining me now 
is Matt Brainerd. He's executive director of Look Ahead America. He actually founded and led the Voter Integrity Project in order to discover illegal ballots and other election anomalies. You guys might remember uh, Matt Brainerd during, uh, I think I told you at the open of the show, after the the, the months following the election, he and his data was, uh, was mentioned quite a bit. Uh, in all of the different investigations going on. He's the former director of data and strategy for the Trump campaign. Uh, he drafted and executed, I didn't know this, the strategy of targeting low propensity voters who had a high affinity for President Trump. And he's the president of Brainerd Group, a political and digital strategy firm. Uh, his resume goes on and on and on. I'd eat up the whole segment if I sat here just reading off his resume. And he joins me now. Hi, Matt Brainerd. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, uh, um, before we talk about, um, you know, Arizona and what's going on there, and I have Congressman Biggs on my show on a regular basis. He's my favorite congressman, by the way. Um, uh, Can you kind of bring us up to speed on how you see there's been breaking news going on with Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Arizona um, in the form of um, there was an investigation in Wisconsin to where this a former judge uh, did an investigation and said that he felt like they need to decertify the results there. We've got Raffensperger, I think, in Georgia is talking about, uh, you know, um, possible prosecutions based upon information coming out of there. How do you see where we are in what happened in the November 2020 election and the fraud that took place? Well, we are actually intimately involved in some of the examples you've referenced. Um, I spoke months and months ago to the retired judge who was doing the investigation into Wisconsin. We provided our own Wisconsin report, which we published, that showed that the number of illegal ballots in that state were several times greater than the margin of victory, meaning that it was not possible to know conclusively who won that election uh, because of so many illegal ballots being cast. We provided all of our unredacted data to the uh, legislators and the team in Wisconsin. Um, we provided data directly to the Attorney General in Arizona, although he has not done anything with it, an abundance of evidence of hard confirmed illegal ballots that were cast. Um, we provided the same data in Georgia. And uh, it, what was bizarre about that to me was that the uh, Secretary of State of Georgia slandered me personally in a call with President Trump and then used our exact same technique to subsequently remove 100,000 voters from their rolls mm. so that they could no longer have ballots cast in their name. So we, we've been very active on both in front but also behind the scenes in the battle for election integrity all across the country. Well, and I, I've tried to stay up on it, uh, you know, it, it and it galls me and makes me incredibly angry. The big lie is that the big lies that there was election fraud when the reality is, is it was widespread. And they like what they like to say is, OK, well, there's election fraud, but it's not widespread. Well, I think it is when it goes from Wisconsin to Pennsylvania to Georgia and Arizona and, and all the contested states. And those are just the states that were looked at. Right. Um, I, I, I contend that it's possible that Donald Trump won the state of California. Um, And, you know, in here we've got political prisoners in our country where this whole January 6th commission and uh, and holding these people political prisoners is all about covering up 
the big lie that was the the election in November. And I don't know. And, and there's a large there was a poll out recently that there's a large percentage, if not upwards of 70 percent of Republicans that have no faith or no con- confidence whatsoever in our election system. And I don't know that we're ever going to get that back because I don't know that I have confidence, Matt Brainerd, going forward that we are going to get election integrity in our system. I think that election fraud has a couple of problems. The first is that when it does occur, and it, it can and it has historically been proven to affect the outcome of elections, to be determinative. The second problem, though, is that the suspicion of it existing is about as damaging as when it occurs, because it undercuts the confidence that Americans have in their election system. You and I may have a lot of problems with how the government conducts business, say, in foreign affairs, Afghanistan, or even local matters like sales tax or whether or not the potholes are filled in time. But uh, we kind of accept those things because we know we have a remedy, which is to vote for change. Mm-hmm. But when that process, we, we lose confidence in it, it, it really undermines the entire country, the democracy, and can lead to some very nasty things. We've seen very horrible things happen in countries where thought to be democracies, but then the population lost confidence in the election. So Look Ahead America has been leading the way in providing uh, encouragement and direction and feedback on states trying to restore confidence in their election systems by making necessary reforms. And we've seen a lot of states propose voter integrity reforms that either are counterproductive or don't do anything. But in a few cases, we've seen cases where they have uh, proposed legislation that actually would solve the problem, would fix the uh, both secure the elections and give the public confidence that the elections will be conducted in a fair manner. And, you know, we just recently found one example that seems to be passing through law in uh, Arizona. We actually put together our own recommendations on how to secure the election. We gave six different public policy objectives, and one of them seems to have been adapted lock, stock, and barrel in the state of Arizona. That means when somebody registers to vote or they're on the voter list, they have to be regularly checked to see if they still live in the state, they're still alive, that they're actually citizens. And in cases where the state finds that uh, they maybe aren't qualified to vote, that then becomes a public record, and the reason why they're not uh, entitled to vote becomes a public record. And not only have we been looking for mandatory uh, list hygiene like this, but for that list hygiene to be made, that process to be made public. So if somebody uh, has an indication that they've moved out of state and are no longer a resident, we can, you know, as an outside group, can provide supplemental information. Or if it turns out that they are justifiably out of that state because they're serving in the military somewhere else, that they are in fact still entitled to vote in that state, and that, that their uh, right to cast a ballot is not revoked. Well, I, I love everything you're saying in terms of we need to be purging these voter rolls. We need voter ID. And then I think we need uh, election day, not election weeks, um, not election month. I think the only people that should be allowed to vote absentee are the military. And that's it. You know, you want to go on vacation or schedule a surgery. Sorry. You know, there was one time in my life I wasn't able to vote because I'd moved and I didn't change my registration in time. And you know what? That's on me. And that's my fault. Right. Um, you know, I, last week, I think Alan West was talking about how Texas is going in the wrong direction. Right. Um, He talked about how they identified 12,000 foreigners on the rolls. Um, That might have been through Motor Voter, which we have here in California, which is a disaster. Um, I can't remember some of the other examples that he had. Oh, it's no longer a felony now if you vote. They downgraded it to a misdemeanor. He had quite a few examples. And, you know, Texas is supposed to be a Republican state. To me, 
And I haven't heard of anybody. Does Arizona ban this plan of like what happened in Wisconsin with these Zuck Bucks where Facebook is basically bribing election officials and they're putting in drop boxes in Democrat areas, but not Republicans and all the, the shenanigans involving that? Sure. Well, you know, we put together a very comprehensive report demonstrating that the election was, in fact, rigged by the Zucker Bucks. Zuckerberg gave a substantial contribution to an organization that was run completely by left Democrats. And what they did was take that money and look, it's one thing for a private organization to go and say Fulton County, which is Atlanta, and say, hey, uh, you need a ride to the polls here, we'll give you a free ride, right? That does make it very easy for the voters of that county who overwhelmingly same for Democrats to vote. And that, but that's a private effort and it's disconnected from government. What they did was they invested in the government apparatus for conducting elections to dramatically reduce and change the, in many cases, change the law mm-hmm. um, illegally to favor counties in these swing states that support one candidate overwhelmingly while giving little to no investment in the counties that support the candidate they oppose. So we have been successful with our public policy initiative there, which is to require any private contributions to government um, election operations to be equitably distributed through the state or to be banned entirely, which is effectively equitable distribution of zero. So that's been one of our objectives, and we've successfully seen it passed in multiple states, including Georgia. And I know that there are at least uh, plans to pass it in, in a whole bunch of other states as well to either require equitable distribution based on population to counties or to outlaw it entirely. What other states do you think are doing it right? Because, I mean, what I didn't think, what, what is before you answer, what I didn't like that Georgia was doing uh, was expanded early voting. You know, I mean, the more the more you make things convenient, the more you leave open the opportunity for fraud. But give me another area, a state that you think is doing it right. Um, well, sure. And it's important to understand that many of the, let's say, a, a really horrible bill that we don't like, like, let's take Obamacare, right? Horrible bill. We have to understand that that bill passed as a result of about 100 years' work by the left. It didn't happen overnight. So when we look ahead America, we look across the country and look for successes. We look for small victories that will eventually lead to bigger victories because we, we understand that most legislation that passes through the state legislature successfully didn't do it on its first try. So we're looking for cases where we begin the conversation where our volunteers go in and engage in conversations with state legislators, and that leads to action. Even in a far less state like New Jersey, we were successfully able to introduce legislation that would outlaw black box voting equipment like Dominion. That actually got turned into a bill and was filed and, and entered into consideration. Now, did it pass this time? No, but it's not going to pass until at least hit that prerequisite person, having somebody introduce it, having someone to sponsor it, and for it and introduce it. So we had that happen in New Jersey. We actually have successfully gotten, or this year we expect to have success on that same front in California, which means that any voting equipment other than black box voting equipment from Dominion, ES, and others, but truly open source equipment, can be uh, uh, tested and verified by the state at no cost. So it can be authorized to be used in California, a far left state where you are, where we don't expect to have very many victories. We're kind of leading the way. And one of the places we're leading the way on that front is in San Francisco, home of Nancy Pelosi. So that objective is succeeding there. And you look at a state like Texas, they were the first to introduce legislation, which is one of our probably most important, I think, um, objectives is to require thumbprint authentication on absentee or mail-in ballots. Now I hear you. There should only be one day for voting. I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a big lift. 
and that might take a long time and much more difficult to get to. And not everybody's always unified on that because they always want to make excuses for like elderly people and definitely mm-hmm. confined, uh, first first responders who have a are on a 48 hour rotation on election day. All the kinds of excuses they used to say. Well, some people should be allowed to vote. But we're saying that okay, I think all the problems you have with people voting early or absentee are primarily a matter of identity. And if you have a thumbprint authentication on an absentee ballot to make sure that is really who it is that cast it, it prevents fraud, prevents double voting, um, and uh, make sure that it's effectively better than a voter ID because it, right. you know, you can take right. a vote. And Texas has successfully introduced that as legislation in their state, which I think is a great first step to making it a law. I think that's a great idea. You know what? You got to do a thumbprint. I'm cool with that, Matt Brainerd. But, you know, as long as you don't then have um, backroom deals like between somebody like Raffensperger and, and Stacey Abrams to, you know, not not implement that measure. Right. That's that's yeah. that's where where, you know, because bad people are going to do bad things it, you know, um, we're up against evil in this country when we have the forces that are attempting to completely hijack our elections and and have them without us knowing that they're hijacked. Right. <coughs> Continuing to pretend that they're free and fair. When we're dealing with those kinds of people, we have we have to we have to um, suspect that they would do that. But at least it's a start. At least it's a start. Right. And it makes it harder for them to get away with with uh, their shenanigans. Thank you for being here. Tell everybody how they can learn more about your group. Please. This only happens with the help of volunteers and activists. So sign up to volunteer or donate at lookaheadamerica.org. That's lookaheadamerica.org. And I'm Brainerd, the executive director. Well, thank you so much for all you do. One of the things that I've been trying to focus on on my show is encouraging people to not just complain, not just yammer, but actually out, get out there and get active. If they don't want to run for office, they can support a candidate, and that means support in terms of effort. If they care about election integrity, which my listeners do, they understand that nothing matters if elections don't matter. Then they need to get active and volunteer and help with the effort, and they can start by helping you and your group at Look Ahead America. Thank you. All right, now uh, stay tuned because we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, and we got more on the other side. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So, um, a lot of people know who Haley Bieber is. She is the son, uh, son. <laughs> She's the daughter of Adam Baldwin, brother of Alec Baldwin. Adam Baldwin being controversial in the family because he's conservative. Haley Bieber. Uh, having uh, married Justin Bieber, and uh, they uh, talk a lot about their Christian faith. Um, She uh, was taken to the hospital. She had stroke-like symptoms. She had a blood clot in her brain, 25 years old. 25 years old. Think that's normal? Why do we all of a sudden have stroke units for kids in hospitals now? Why? Why? It's gotten to where we. It's every day you turn on the news and somebody you're you're hearing. For, you know, um, it's like shock and awe. I heard Rusty Nails drop dead in, in studio the other day from a stroke, a heart attack, and no, it was a stroke. Sixty four years old. The first thing people are thinking about: Do you get shot? Haley Bieber, twenty five years old. It is not normal for a twenty five year old to have a stroke. Can it happen? Yeah. I got a family member of mine who had multiple strokes in her 20s. It's rare. I have another family of mine working on a stroke unit. This is rare. At least it was rare. Now, all of a sudden, neurologists, like in People Magazine article about the sudden rise in strokes and blood clots in our youth in this country. I Like I said at the open of the show, I'm not one to, you know, automatically connect dots 
arbitrarily, but sometimes your common sense can go, gee, um, suddenly we've got all these teenagers and young adults um, having miscarriages and having strokes and blood clots in shockingly high numbers. What's What's been different in America um, of late? The shots that are now um, Pfizer having to admit and, and publish these side effects, including strokes, myocarditis, blood clots, etc. This at a time in which Pfizer is coming out and telling you that you need a fourth shot, a fourth booster. I'm at the point to where I think that people who haven't gotten the shot need to be careful about being uh, in in a situation where they got to have a blood transfusion. I think we need to have the. I think we need to have. Uh, this may be controversial to say, but I think the Red Cross needs to be setting aside and separating and keep keeping separate the the blood donations from for for those that haven't gotten the shot and those who have. Because these shots were push, pushed out before accurate testing was done. We still don't know everything. It should clearly never have been mandated. If these were safe, they wouldn't. Pfizer wouldn't have had to hide the numbers and the data surrounding it. Um, shifting gears quickly before the end of the show, Daryl Issa is, is out saying that he is preparing a, quote, legion of GOP watchdogs to hold this president accountable. He is talking all kinds of we are just going to go balls to the walls in terms of using subpoena power and investigations. And I am loving this, Daryl Issa. The problem I have with this is I am not interested in the exorcision, uh, uh, the use of subpoena power and investigations that don't lead to true accountability. Accountability is not theatrical hearings. Nobody was held accountable for the IRS scandal. Lois Lerner wasn't wasn't fired. Her replacement, no, not one person was fired. In fact, she still got her pension. Fast and Furious, nobody held accountable. Accountability is those that have committed crimes, particularly, you know, it's particularly egregious when those are committing crimes are paid for by the taxpayers and they're using this government against the citizens and committing crimes as government officials and accountability is them being prosecuted for it. And we're not going to have that simply because of investigations and subpoenas by ineffective Republicans. We're going to continue that discussion tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Jalapeno, for sitting in tonight. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.